Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I'm Sarah Alipin, your host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. Our little Frenchy friend, Clouseau, who's usually in his podcasting chair, is downstairs napping in his sunspot, so you won't hear his little snores today. Um, And before we get started, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you've got to check it out. We dished with Kim Olson, who is the human behind Art of Eloping, about all things elopements, backyard weddings, destinations, best practices practices and resources for planning all that stuff. It was a good one. Thank you all for tuning into The Wedding Dish today. I am really excited to be bringing on today's guest. Um, Today's guest is actually someone I truly admire and I've been watching the work of for a very, very long time. Um, Just really, really lovely human. She is a lover of all things wedding and a fierce cheerleader for marriage equality who decided to marry her two passions and create a resource for all couples, where they can all be equally represented. Armed with seven years in both print and online lifestyle journalism, she dove headfirst into this passion project in 2013, and Love, Inc. was born. I would like to introduce you to today's guest on The Wedding Dish, Brittany Dry. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Thrilled to be here. And talk <laughs> talk what we're talking on because it it's just so fun. <laughs> yes, I am so excited to dive into trends and wedding everything. That yes, it's going to be great. Um, but before we get to that, um, tell me how long have you been in business? So I uh, launched Love Inc. in 2013, October of 2013. So it'll be nine years this year, which is crazy to think about. Um, And yeah, so we started uh, as, you know, a blog and a strictly digital publication. And what is interesting, you know, as we're seeing so many amazing like print publications fold, um, which makes my print girl heart very, very sad. Me too. um, Our readers were asking for print. So the last Ish, last two issues, I I did a print version, and we sell it on LovingShop.com. Um, we're not in like you know big retail stores yet, though. That is hopefully going to change soon. Awesome. But, um, but yeah, and so they were asking for it, and and it's doing well. So I was okay. I'll I'll just keep doing it. So we offer a digital version and a print version. Um, so you know, whatever you, your heart desires. <laughs> and so we, we did that the last two issues. Um, we have the blog that I update, you know, three to five times a week. We have a podcast and so doing all the things. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yes. Super busy. I honestly, it's such an interesting thing with print, with the wedding industry, because people love print when it's something wedding related. I think there is it it's such a thing to get engaged and then go get a wedding magazine. It's just it's just what people look forward to doing and I think it's like this like life moment where you just go to the store and and grab an issue for the first time knowing that you're about to plan hopefully the happiest day of your life. Um there's so much emotion around it that I don't think other beats have such as you know just fashion or or beauty or what have you. Um so weddings are definitely special, wedding publications are definitely special in that sense. Yeah, I'm so with you on that. Um and and even myself, like I love having it when it's in actual print and it's something wedding related. Same. Yeah, it's I mean, I I started my career in print magazines. Um, and so I will always be a print girl at heart. And so when our readers were asking for it, it made me really, really happy because that was always kind of my dream. But I also wanted to be, you know, smart business-wise and realistic. So I didn't push it, but, you know, the demand was there. So <laughs> I wanted to fill it. I love that. That's so awesome. Um, and that makes my my old school little heart happy because, you know, I started in, in darkroom photography, like I started on film. Mm-hmm. And then I taught it for years to high school kids who would consistently open the back of their camera and expose their film because they thought that they would be able to see the photo afterward. It was oh, no. Such a mind shift set <laughs> change. <laughs> 
Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is so funny to live in these this like split time. Um mm-hmm. but I, mean, I that's love our it. generation. We're like in the middle, you know, pa- part like digital and part bef- whatever was before digital. <laughs> Analog? Analog? Is that what they call it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think so. <laughs> oh my God. I it's it's fun though. It's we totally are gonna be those older people who say, you know, tell the stories of when there was film and yeah. when people didn't have cell phones or pagers. Oh my God. Pagers. We I feel like they were just a whole podcast episode in this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my God. It's it should be a whole podcast. It should be, oh yes, for sure. <laughs> so how often do you all release um issues of Love Inc.? So right now we're still just doing an annual publication. Um, you know, to be like totally transparent, like the blog is the moneymaker. It's, I mean, it, yeah. it's the moneymaker. So, um, you know, we st- we do make money off the issue, but it's it's not the priority. So annual. Um, I would love to do more. It's just manpower. It's just yeah. me. <laughs> so yeah. Um, until you know, like, I would love to be able to hire a bigger staff and and be able to do more issues but right now annual hopefully we'll we'll grow in the coming years but we'll see and how often do you release new blog episodes or oh my god episodes <laughs> i'm so in podcast brain right now well we um update the blog 3 to 5 times a week so i'm Whoa. like constantly turning out content for the blog and then yeah and just podcast-wise, um, we do – we usually do in seasons. Um, so about 12 episodes a season. We're about to – I'm actually recording for season three right now. Um, our podcast is called Inclusively Yours. And same content as on the blog in the magazine, LGBTQ plus inclusive wedding planning content. So, um, so yeah, recording for that now. And we'll start pushing out probably in late April, early May. Awesome. That's amazing. You all definitely need to go over and subscribe to Inclusively Yours. Yes, please. Uh, I will be doing the same as soon as I am finished recording this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So now let's dish about the nitty gritty stuff that we actually were coming here for. So um, you obviously have your finger on the pulse of new trends. I mean, you are completely immersed in the wedding industry. You are seeing things live and moving and shaking. Um, so what are some of the trends you're seeing for 2022? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's so fun kind of having this bird's eye view of what's happening across the nation because I get submissions from, you know... Washington to New York, Canada, like, I mean, all over the world, really. So um, it's really fun kind of seeing how trends are moving across. And, you know, 2022 is, when it comes to trends for 2022, it's very unique because in the past, we saw trends kind of like growing slowly, right? They'd start in, you know, at luxury conferences and then start being incorporated into styled shoots and start getting passed around on Pinterest, and then we start seeing it being incorporated into real-life weddings. Yeah. For 2022, the trends that we're seeing stick around was really like born out of necessity in 2020, 2021. And they're sticking around because they make sense, because people like them. And so for me, we're in just this very unique time with trends and shifts of the industry because it's not this organic growth of trends. It's just like, and it was sudden. It was like, you know, I I did 2020 trend predictions and none of it came true because it was all, everything turned, you know, upside down. The world there, was no there was no 2020. So it's really, you know, the trends that we're seeing now just like happened just out of the blue. And um, like I said, they they were really like born out of necessity, out of like having to pivot from their original plan. And it just – it works. People love it. And it's going to stick around either for style reasons or for logistic reasons. So – and I want to differentiate between trends and shifts because there is a big difference. Trends, those are changes that we see usually like stylistically. They stick around for a few seasons. 
shifts are an entire the entire industry shifting and this is this is how it's going to be for years and years to come. So we saw a lot of shifts come out of 2020-2021. And we can like I don't know if you want to dive into the trends or the shifts first, but <laughs> I mean, I love that you differentiated between the two things. First of all, that's so so accurate, so true. And I I have been really super curious about shifts. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say dealer's choice. Which would okay. you prefer? Yeah. So so we'll do shifts. Okay. Uh, go go big, and then we'll narrow it down. Um, <laughs> so shifts. So micro weddings, I think, is like the biggest one. I saw micro weddings growing in popularity pre-pandemic, but obviously with the pandemic, this was the only way to, to have a wedding. <laughs> yeah. And people realized how special micro weddings can be and how wonderful an intimate experience with guests can be. And I'm, you know, just from a budget standpoint, your dollar stretches so much further with a micro wedding. If you are paying for 50 people versus 200, you know, obviously, it's you can you can afford more. And couples now are just prioritizing the guest experience so much more than they were even 10 years ago. So micro weddings really allows them to create this custom curated experience for their guests that they wouldn't otherwise get to do with a 200, 250 person wedding. So we have seen that shift. And not to say big weddings aren't happening, but I'm definitely seeing micro weddings become much more mainstream than they were pre-pandemic. Yeah. Another thing was is intentional selection of their vendors when it comes to diversity and inclusivity. A lot of conversations, long overdue conversations were had in 2020, and it really highlighted the importance of where and with whom you spend your dollar. And that comes with on your wedding day as well. So Gen Z, younger millennials, these generations are very hyper aware of the issues in our world and they're using their wedding as a platform to support those values. So whether it's supporting women-owned, LGBTQ plus owned, black-owned businesses, ensuring that their vendors are inclusive, making sure their vendors have a give back element instilled into their business model their vendors, making sure that their vendors are eco-friendly. All of these things are going into their decision-making process so that they know who they are working with supports the same values as them. And we really saw that become kind of a very big priority in 2020. And, and we're going to continue seeing that. And that that's that generation. And, and I love that because I think that you know, with weddings, yes, they're pretty, but it should be a representation of who you are as a couple. And that extends to your social values and your political values. So um, so I love that that is kind of becoming the norm. And going off of that, the eco-friendliness, obviously, like we are in, you know, really bad spot as far as, you know, climate change and all that goes with our planet. Yeah. And the you know, any wedding pros listening to this, I really encourage you to dig in and see how you can lessen your carbon footprint because couples are seeking that out. It is sustainability is becoming a buzzword for couples planning their wedding, sustainable weddings, sustainable catering, sustainable florals, whether it's the way that florals and, and food is, is farmed. Um, Transportation, you know, ensuring that that the transportation is eco friendly and um, runs runs on solar, or having venues have solar powered. Um, what are they called? <laughs> like wind, uh, solar panels. Solar or... panels. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so electric cars, solar solar panels, any any of these eco friendly elements that you can in, involve your business with is is going to be a big selling point in the years to come. And it's going to stay that way. So any wedding pros listening to this, I highly encourage you to, to seek that out. 
And um, yeah, I think, you know, just the intentionality. Um, another thing that we saw come out of of the COVID weddings and all of that is the technology, right? So the Zoom weddings, I think we're all Zoomed out at this point, yeah. but <laughs> we saw just how much we could do. And I think that was never tried before because there was no reason to do it. But now we all have you know, elderly family members or friends who just had babies or people who just, you know, are unable to travel because it's a destination wedding, um, not able to attend. And I see Zoom weddings, whether it's, you know, priority or it's just a Zoom element so that people can still tune in into the ceremony, being integrated just very organically into their wedding day timeline. Just to allow access for others who who can't attend, um, so I'm definitely seeing this, you know, event technology being embraced, and um, that's really cool because it, you know, it it connects us more, and it allows people to be involved and to feel present even when they can't be. I think it's also really, and I first of all agree with everything you said. Love everything you said. Um, I had a micro wedding in 2012. I don't know if you know that about me. Um, mm-hmm. So we had 17 guests. It was kind of a lot of drama leading up to it because people wanted to be there and celebrate, and I understand, but I also wanted what I wanted, and I for us. Um, massively introverted husband was not standing in front of a huge group. Um, but if we had had if we'd been able to incorporate the Zoom element, I know it would have been a completely different situation and alleviated a lot of that drama. So the ability to share the wedding virtually um kind of allows the micro wedding. Yeah. In a way. Absolutely. And you know, we didn't have this level of technology and this level of know-how before. Zoom was simply used for um, meetings, for work. And so now having it incorporated into events, having that experience, planners have that experience, videographers have that experience. There are companies that are strictly for live streaming weddings now. Yeah. So having that at our fingertips has just changed the game. Yeah, and it's not hard or complicated or super pricey, and that makes such a big difference. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely – it's one of the blessings that came out of the pandemic is is having this technology elevated and allowing us to connect more virtually. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think the pandemic had a lot of silver linings um, mm-hmm. that kind of allowed – I mean, as much as it was obviously miserable for a lot of reasons, but um, I'm an optimist, so I <laughs> will always look at it from that point. Yeah. Um, Awesome. I love it. I love that those are that you specified that those are really shifts. Those are yeah. things that are going to stick around and prioritizing the guest experience. Um I mean you're I think also we are prioritizing the couple experience too. I'm seeing more couples take that time alone um even when they're having small weddings for like 7 10 minutes or whatever just after the ceremony like having a couple minutes to themselves and um I think you know prioritizing the overall experience not just the beauty and the pictures and and all of that that comes you know I think it's more living in that moment of the wedding um, which I I really love that because you spend so much energy, so much time, so much money investing in this day mm-hmm. to really truly enjoy it on the day it just makes my little heart very happy. Yeah. I mean, it's so cliche and everyone says it, but it really does go by so fast, you guys. It really, it does. really does. I know, I know. <laughs> but one of my and you know, just kind of going off of what you said, like one of my fa- I remember one of my favorite moments at my wedding was when my partner and I like stepped back from the reception and looked in. And how many times in your life are you going to have almost everyone you love in one room together? It's your wedding and your funeral, basically. And so really just taking that moment to relish in like what is happening and be present instead of just 
so focused on on the timeline and the details, I think is just so, so important. And um, more and more couples are are making sure that they put those those moments, like writing it in the timeline, like give me 30 minutes or 15 minutes to have this moment with my partner after the ceremony. Um, I always recommend you know, doing a first look with the reception space so yeah. that you can see the reception space before all your guests flood in and have a moment with with your partner um, during like cocktail hours or something. It doesn't have to be long, but it gives you a chance to really see the space and the, all the hard work that you've put into it come to life um, because yeah, it really does. I mean, it goes by so fast and I think it's just so important to really be present and and take it all in. Yeah, I'm so, so 10,000% with you on that. (laughs) (laughs) So So, um, trends, right? Yeah, let's talk trends. Yeah, so, you know, kind of coming off of the changes because of the pandemic. So we're still seeing the supply chain for florals especially. Very messed up. (laughs) Um, Prices are, are... sky high for flowers right now. So we have seen a heavier focus on greenery for this option and more sustainable options like dried florals or artificial blooms uh, made out of like silk or linen. Um, Something Borrowed Blooms is a really great rental resource. A floral is a really great silk flower resource. Um, that is, I mean, and it goes hand in hand with the eco-friendliness as well, which is great. But um, yeah, flowers are just so expensive. So we're seeing more like minimalistic designs for flowers or using like greenery, something that is less expensive because um, flower prices are are just so, so high right now that it makes it really hard to create a, like a moment or a big floral install uh, and keep it somewhat under budget. <laughs> Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, just the supply chain. And I think supply chains for a lot of things, but um, we're definitely seeing it hit hard with the floral industry. Um, So yeah. So that's – and another thing that kind of grew out of the pandemic but sticking around. Um, I don't know if this will stick around for longer than like a full shift, but definitely for a few seasons is that elevated entertainment. Um, For during the pandemic, you know, right after the pandemic, when once events started back again, um, people were still nervous about crowded dance floors. You know, like even now, I feel like I have like minor anxiety attacks when I see <laughs> packed dance floors. It's like this visceral reaction. Um, <laughs> you kind of can't help it. Can't. It's You're just not used to seeing people that close together. Yeah. Right? So we ha- started seeing these entertainment acts brought in to fill that space that you can't you can't have a packed dance floor so we've got to do something else. And so we saw like synchronized swimmers or luxury acts or dancers what have you. And people love it. It's it's unexpected. It gives this surprise element to your guest and I actually did like a whole article on it in the latest issue. And it's definitely grown in popularity. Um, I don't know if you know the um, Engage Summits, the luxury wedding conference. Mm-hmm. So I've, you know, they've, for your listeners, um, Engage is like a, a wedding conference for industry pros that's very like high end and luxury. And they always go over the top with the entertainment and, and decor. And so they've been doing this sort of thing, costume greeters and and specialty acts for years now. Um, but it's starting to happen in weddings, in real life weddings. And it was growing in popularity a little bit, but the need for it happened post-pandemic. And people love it. So um, yeah, so I actually like wrote a huge article on it in our last issue. And the the guy I talked to was just like, yeah, our sales went through the roof like in 2021 um, because people are just loving this unique experience. So that elevated entertainment is um, – I feel is going to be a trend. I don't know if it's going to be like a long-term situation, but definitely for a few seasons. Um, it gives just a whole other like element to your wedding day. 
That's um, fun. I like that trend. Yeah, it's definitely fun. It's definitely fun. Um, I'm also seeing, you know, backyard weddings is still going to be a thing, um, mostly because all the venues are booked until like 2024. <laughs> right. So backyard weddings and or weekday weddings, those are going to be coming out of this wedding boom that we're currently in in 2022 because couples, they don't want to have to wait two years to get married. They they have been waiting, you know? Um, yeah. So in order to get married, they have to make compromises. And that is getting married on a Thursday or getting married in their backyard, um, which – you know, can be beautiful. I feel like backyard weddings um, just has a whole other level of logistics to think about. Yeah, but it can be done. I've featured so many backyard weddings on Love Inc. Um, they're beautiful. There's definitely something special about getting married in your backyard and being able to go out there, you know, years later and say, "This is where, you know, with your kids, this is where your parents said, you know, I do and committed." their lives to each other. Like there's something special about that. So backyard weddings, I definitely see sticking around for a few seasons simply, you know, for number one reason is, is there is a limitation for, for venues in 2022 yeah. and 2023. Yeah. <laughs> and, <A lot. laughs> yeah. And tents, you know, backyard weddings, you're going to need a tent. And so tents were always the plan B. And now, I mean, tents are the new ballroom now. We saw tents because we were so limited to really like outdoor events mm -hmm. in 2021, late 2020. And so the level that creatives brought tents, I feel like when I saw tents done well, it was for like million dollar weddings. Yeah, right. And now, Tent the the design that creatives have done with tents on just your you know not cheap but standard normal, standard <laughs> wedding yeah your normal wedding not like a celebrity of wedding and it's it's amazing and I love seeing it it's it's such a whole other level of creativity of what these wedding pros have been doing with tents so backyard weddings tents. These are all things that kind of came out of the pandemic but are sticking around. It works. People love it. And um, I definitely like foresee it in the next few few seasons. Um, as far as, you know, kind of going into the more the details, um, colors, as far as colors go, we're seeing more like neutral palettes but with a pop. So we were doing like bright colors – I think immediately after the pandemic, like bright colors in 2020, 2021. And now we're seeing more like neutral palettes, but with like a bright red or a bright yellow, um, which I, I love. You've got like a terracotta with a pop of red, um, just so pretty. I mean, that's my like personal style. So I'm like totally about it as I wear a brown shirt. <laughs> That's totally my style. Brown shirt with bright red lipstick is like on trend for me. But um, but yeah, and and it's fun. It's um, I think we're still gonna see those bright colors for a while, uh, because people want that that happiness. It's it kind of like goes hand in hand with where we are as a society. Um, but yeah, so definitely more like neutral palettes with a pop and patterns. I'm seeing more patterns being used, um, namely like in styled shoots. So I, I think this trend is going to be more for 20, late 2022, 23 weddings. But we saw like those strong geometrics for a long time. And now we're seeing it soften a little bit with like floral patterns and chinoiserie patterns um, being like integrated, but in modern ways, whether it's like on the material that it's put on or in like the colors that it's done. But these very like more traditional, but with a modern twist. Uh, I blame Bridgerton for this, like all this like regal and, yeah. you know, <laughs> it definitely has that vibe, but like with a modern modern twist to it. Um, so that's really fun. It's very different. I think it's 
Um, I love the idea of incorporating like a pattern into your branding, your wedding branding that you create with your stationer, um, and then kind of use throughout the details, the menu, escort cards, what have you. Um, and so you have like this own personalized pattern to use um, throughout the day and, you know, use it on your newlywed stationery as you send thank you notes and throughout your your married married life. Um, so yeah, that's, I've definitely seen, you know, starting to see that more in like styled shoots. So I think that's going to be a trend that we're going to see later on because it takes, you know, sometimes it takes a little while to filter down. And, um, yeah, I'm seeing, you know, a lot of what's interesting is that we're seeing like the micro weddings and then we're seeing a lot of over the top. So there's, there's not a ton of the. 100, 125 people, it's either, you know, you have 50 to 90 people or you have 250 people. It's it's one or the other because people either want that intimate experience or they're like, we're going all out because we haven't been able to do anything for two years. So it's over the top, tons of people. And so we're kind of like missing that middle ground, <laughs> which I mean – I'm I'm a fan of of all of the options, so um, you know do do what makes sense for you as a couple. But yeah, it's definitely um, interesting to see that because for so long we were in that middle ground. That was that was the sweet spot, and now the sweet spot is like completely gone. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like we took all of the things that we were doing and seeing over and over and over again, and then we blew them up into like the complete opposite, like ends. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing inside the parentheses anymore. It's right. on the outside. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's the perfect metaphor to it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would land with a writer. Yes. Yes. I love it. Okay. Well, on that note, we are going to take a very fast break on The Wedding Dish and then we will be right back with Brittany from Love, Inc. And we are back on The Wedding Dish. I am Sarah Alipin, your hostess with the mostest. And today I am dishing with the amazingly talented, wonderful human behind Love, Inc., Brittany Dry. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of this insight. I love it. This has been such a fun conversation, Sarah. (laughs) Oh, yay. (laughs) Well, we were talking a little bit on the break um, about trends and and we realized that we were both seeing something kind of similar. Um, Let's talk about linens. Yeah, linens. So linens always have kind of been this afterthought. Like, okay, let's you know, throw a cloth over the over the table or completely not like not used. You know, the naked tables were the farm tables were popular for so long. And now we're seeing linens really like couples are starting to pay attention to linens. Um, which makes sense because linens can really make or break a space. If you yeah. have, you know, 10 tables, that makes a very big impact on a reception space is what linens you choose. So I love that couples are starting to really give notice to this, that, you know, linen rental companies are are putting out more options. And one thing that Sarah, I know you brought up over the break, which I love is the textured linens. I'm totally seeing that too. The texture on the linens, um, interesting patterns on the linens. It's just, it's amazing how much linen design has increased in the last couple of years. Um, and I am so here for it. Same. I love it. And also to go back to what you were saying about florals, you know, being expensive and people not using as many florals, having those linens that are a piece in and of themselves that's beautiful um, and complements the space can actually decrease the need for those florals to a degree or allow you to incorporate something else that accents in a different way. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I'm so here for it. Um. <laughs> Okay, so personal question. Um, (laughs) You are an incredibly busy human. Um, You're a one-stop shop for like trends and all of the things that go into wedding planning. And then you're also a mom of three, including two 18-month-old twins. Um, How do you balance writing, staying on top of trends, running a business, and 
maintain work life balance. Yeah, no, it's hard. Um, so luckily, like we're we're lucky that you know my kids do go to daycare, so they're at daycare Monday through Friday, nine to five. So that gives me you know normal like business hours to dedicate to creating content for Love Inc., which um is huge. Twenty twenty. That was a challenge, you know, when I had the kid, you know, I had only just the four or three-year-old at the time, but, um, yeah, it was, it was hard. And I think we all kind of like went through all of us with kids went through knows exactly how, how I felt and, and the experience that I had because they had it too. So, um, so yeah, like they're all in daycare and that has allowed me to have time to dedicate to Love, Inc. And I, I have a hard stop. I have a hard stop at 4.45 when I leave to go pick up my kids. Um, I really try to avoid doing anything work-related in the evenings um, and in the mornings until I get on my computer. Um, it's hard sometimes, but I, I have learned just through my own experience that you can't be everything all the time. You have to change your role throughout the day or or whatever makes sense for you. And so for me, having that hard stop was crucial in my sanity. You know, I would have I, I can't be a mom and be an editor and be a podcaster and like I have to break it up. And so that works for me. And um you know I, I think everyone's different. The way that people work are different. Some people are night owls and they work when their kids go to bed, um, but that's not me. So that that was definitely a learning curve, especially after having the twins. Um, one one kid was, you know, I could let it slip every now and then, but with three, there's no way I can do emails. <laughs> wow, yeah. after hours, you know, during during dinner or anything like that. So it's it's forced me to be present, which is good, as we talked about the importance of present, you know, being present in that moment um, and enjoying that part of my life, uh, the part that is mom and all that good stuff. I love that. I setting boundaries is really, really important. I am a huge like I don't allow people to text me about work. If it's a client and they have like a question or like right before this, you probably got an email from me saying, if you need to get in touch with me, please text me because I'm not good at checking my email before mm-hmm. I record. I'm like nose to the grindstone, like prepping, making sure I know all my questions and and that I have like everything buttoned up and ready to go. Um, but for me, like having somebody text me, that's a social interaction. So like you certainly are welcome to text me pictures of your kids after work hours mm-hmm. or send me a funny meme, even if you're my colleague. But um, otherwise, you know, we use the methods that work for us. And I, I think that's really important that you set boundaries and you're present. And I think, you know, that goes into wedding planning and that goes into the marriage after the wedding. Um, actually, like taking that time to be present with one another and with your family and with your, you know, people and your friends. Um, as, as wedding professionals, we miss out on so many weekends, um, so many weekends. And um, there, there was a, a year when it was the year I, of course, made the most money because I had the most weddings. But I had weddings on Saturdays, Sundays, sometimes Friday, Saturday, Sundays, and I had weddings. I think thirty eight weekends out of the year that week that year, um, and I was like, I can't do oh this. I haven't seen my friends. Yeah. Like I, I lost friends. Yeah. Um, that year, and I was like, you know, I can't blame them. Like they don't see me. They think that I'm just you know, not here for them. So, um, but friends are different than raising children and maintaining your marriage and things. So I'm, I'm glad that you have set up those boundaries. I think that's really important. Um, and, and it makes me really appreciate that you took the time to be on the wedding dish today. Oh, I I love, I love talking on, on podcasts. Um, and I think, you know, it's important to, to give wedding pros a shout out for all the weekends that they dedicate to and to remind engaged couples um, of boundaries because I, I know for my wedding pro friends, like they try to have it. Um, but for some of them, it's, it's hard because they care so deeply about their clients yes. that it's hard to have that boundary. But it, as the engaged couple, like you have to keep in mind that the 
vendors that you're working with have lives and they have families. And so it's really important, you know, to respect the boundaries that they have set in place and not text them at 11 p.m. at night, um, even, you know, unless obviously it's like a huge, crazy emergency. But um, I think it's just so important to respect the boundaries because wedding pros work so, so hard and they deserve to have space and time to to themselves and to their friends and to their families. Yeah. Yeah. And not all of the wedding pros out there are great at communicating no. those boundaries, which is, I think, another hard thing and, and can cause them to really burn out. And, yeah. you know, those really amazing, talented people who are in this business because they truly care about the wedding experience, like, that's why people are in the wedding industry. Mm-hmm. It's a hard industry. It takes a lot of work and it's a very time consuming beast. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're here because we love it. And so it, it is, I've seen people burn out. I've especially planners. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many planners burn out and they're there because they really want to create that experience and, and help you get all of the things that you want when you're planning your wedding. Um, so just a little, uh, I guess, a little pro tip there, ask yeah. the preferred method of communication mm-hmm. and um, and give them grace. And of course, you know, when you are having an emergency, um, just remember that they may take a little bit of time to get back to you and that's okay. Um, yeah. A bubble in your nail polish does not you know, it'll be okay. It won't show up in your photos. <laughs> That's not an emergency. Your your wedding dress being cut six inches too short might be something that two days before your wedding might be a little bit bigger of an issue. Um, okay. So what are, I, I'm curious because I just think you have such a great eye. You have a beautiful brain. Um, what are your personal favorite trends that you are seeing? I know we mm. talked about trends. I, I'm curious to see, and I want to know what your personal favorite shifts are. Okay. So I'll do shifts first because okay. um, that's an easy one. The um, dedication to diversity and inclusivity by far. Um, my brand is built on LGBTQ plus inclusive weddings. Like that is my my mission. So um, seeing couples really embrace that and prioritize that um, really like I, I love seeing that. So that is definitely my number one favorite shift. Um, also eco-friendliness I think is just so important and needed. I mean, it's at this point, it's, it's a necessity. Um, so seeing those two things, you know, be so prioritized in wedding planning is just wonderful. And trends, um, I think I already like wax poetic on the color palette, but I love this, that neutral with a pop color palette. Um, like I said, it's totally like my thing. So, <laughs> so I love it. Um, and then I, I love the tents. I think that it can be such like a cool creative moment. Um, just from what I have seen creatives do with tents. Um, it's just so cool. And, and I, tents kind of got a bad rep for so long. They were like plan B, you know, it's like, Oh, yeah. it's raining. We got to get our like, tent. And oh, it was such like get... a bummer. Yeah. Um, and now they're just, it's such like a design moment that is happening. And so I really love that trend. Um, I hope it sticks around. I hope it, I hope it sticks around for a while because, um, it just adds this extra layer of, of design to an event. And, um, yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I really love all those things where we get to see creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, those are my like favorite parts of weddings where you get to like see this person who is is a business owner but a creative and then like release them into their creativity. It's just my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, another trend that I'm saying that like, this kind of reminded me of it um, that we didn't touch on before was like I know – Florals, where we're just seeing a pullback on florals, but where florals are being used, I think is changing. We saw a lot of like over the table florals, um, like floral chandeliers and whatnot. Now I'm starting to see florals being used in like unexpected places. So we had like 
the floral walls for a while and then the floral chandeliers. And now I'm seeing them like be put in and in install like creeping up a wall or stairs or like creeping up a tree, you know, just in these like unexpected places, which is really cool. Um, it almost looks like the, the flowers just grew there and you're just stumbling upon this like beautiful moment. Um, so yeah, I love that trend too. I think we're going to be seeing more of that um, in t- late 2022 and 23. Yeah. I love that too. It does, you know, it's, it's interesting because weddings – you can do these cool vignettes, like these little storytelling areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I agree with the florals. It feels like there's, you know, like a little vignette that draws you from being like crowded on the dance floor to enjoying different spaces around the actual wedding. I'm curious if that's how that started a little bit, like, you know, like in people's brains, like, all right, we need to create places for people to like hang. Exactly. Like these spaces make them beautiful to draw people in so that you aren't as crowded. Um, Yeah. I mean, I definitely know that during, you know, post, right. Is it ever post COVID? (laughs) Every time we say it, we get a new variant. I want to say post COVID, but this was like 2021. So uh, like in 2021 weddings, there was a lot of that, a lot of different moments and stations that were being put into the reception. A, you didn't have the dance floor, so you did have to create these other areas of entertainment and inspiration. Um, but yeah, exactly that, to draw people in different directions so that you didn't have these, um, you know, uh, tunnels of, of people crowding one bar. You had multiple bar stations or – multiple areas to get their Instagram photo, what what have you, to spread it out because um, they didn't want that, you know, that tunnel of people. So, yeah. And as a guest, I kind of love that because I like to be able to, you know, take a break from like the loudest part or, um, you know, like sit down somewhere for a couple minutes and have a drink, uh, take a break. Like, yeah, I, as a guest, I think it's a fun little like pocket of time too. Agree. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Having these like styled moments where your guests can retreat to have it, you know, conversations and connect with others. Um, I think it's definitely, you know, we, we saw like lounges for a long time, like the styled lounges, but even then it was one styled lounge, um, that had, you know, three or four pieces of furniture. Now we're kind of seeing like smaller little vignettes popping up. Um, but having that moment and and that little um, style inspiration, yeah, I love that. So, I'm one final question, <laughs> actually, kind of final question because I am going to ask you where people can find you online, but that'll be in a second. Um, so, do you have any advice for um, couples who are planning their weddings? Any like last parting advice? I think just. Make sure it's a representation of you. I know we talked on trends for the last hour, but take what you love from this conversation and from the inspiration, but make it you. I think that is so important for trends. Trends, think of trends as like a guiding light and make it yours because you don't want to necessarily do just do something just because it's trending. You want to do it because it's part of your love story or it's representative of your love story. And I think that's so important. Um, when planning your wedding, couples can get caught up in what's Pinterest pretty and you know what is trending and forget their own love story. So work your love story in the details. Stick to your own budget. Don't feel like you have to, you know, have it look like these million dollar weddings that you see on Pinterest or these styled shoots, which is way cheaper to produce than a full wedding. Oh yeah. Um, Don't get caught up in that. Um, I know our industry, the inspiration out there can not be super reflective of reality sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I mean, with Love Inc., you know, I'm guilty of it for sure. Like I feature styled shoots for inspiration. Um, but I definitely like try hard to to feature 
you know, weddings that are representative of what's actually a real wedding in today's world. <laughs> yeah, and style shoes are just that. They're they're an inspiration. They are not the thing to aspire to have right. necessarily. Right. You um, get a, an idea or two from them and um, make it your own. Yes, yes. And, you know, think about what it is that draws you to that styled shoot or that Pinterest pretty moment or that Instagram picture um, or whatever the case may be. And if that is like they have something like a beautiful sunset might be what it is that's drawing you in, but you might be looking at that archway and thinking, I need that archway, but it might actually just be the sky mm-hmm. um, or it might be the setting or, um, you know, maybe it's the linens and you think it's the florals. Um, so really gut check yourself on that too. Um, because, you know, sometimes I don't always realize why I like a picture unless I actually sit down and think about it. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's such good advice. And, um, I think, you know, the best compliment that you can get from your wedding is someone saying that was so them. Walking yes. away, a guest saying, well, a guest walking away and saying that was so them. Like, yeah, that's what you want. Um, you, they don't want to. They don't want to walk away and say like, "Oh, that was so like Pinterest," or "That was so loving," Generic. or whatever. The, yeah, you want yeah. them to walk away saying that was so them. So, you know, incorporate yourself in the details. I love that. That's such yeah. great advice. Um, it was so much fun to have you on the wedding dish today, Brittany. I just I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you taking the time today because I know how busy you are. Um, so where can people find Love Inc. online? Yeah, so um loveincmag.com or if you want to buy the issue, loveincshop.com. And you can find us at Love Inc. Mag across all social platforms. I love it. Awesome. And while you are um, finding Love Inc., um, you can also follow The Wedding Dish on Instagram at The Wedding Dish Podcast or hit our website, theweddingdishpodcast.com. We'll have show notes from this episode where we'll, we will link out to um, to the magazine, to the blog, to your social media. Um, so you will definitely be able to connect with Brittany um, and also grab so much inspiration. The vendors that get featured in Love Inc. are always, there's like some of my favorites. Um, it really is truly one of my favorite. It might be my favorite publication. Oh, thank you. Oh my um, gosh. That's so sweet. Yeah, I was yeah. telling I was telling my husband about it last night, and I was like, I'm really excited about this because I really admire what Brittany is doing, and I've always really admired what you've been doing since you started. So, Aww, thank you so much, Sarah. That means yeah. so much. Oh, well, I appreciate you. Um, and we'll have transcripts from this episode because we are committed to accessibility at The Wedding Dish. Um, I think that's a really underrated piece of podcasting. So I always try to make sure to address it. Um, so you can um, you can get those on our website as well. And um, it was pointed out to me that it's uncle- it's not always clear where to find transcripts when podcasters offer them. So um, it's in the show notes. There's a big fat button at the the top and the bottom. You can grab the transcripts and um, we will see you all next week. Have a wonderful rest of the day, everybody. Cheers. Bye.